0: From the creator economy to the end of Bretton Woods and the origins of the metaverse, this is the UAE Tech Podcast Web 3 Edition. Tune in for cutting-edge interviews on how blockchain is reshaping cyberspace, finance and culture from here in Dubai and cities around the world.
1: So I think that we created blockchain because we ourselves were disaffected with how social media was being handled and how discourse was being handled online. On one side, it was highly centralized and content moderation was wholly unaccountable and subject to political fads, essentially. And on the other side, on the other hand, um, the users and the people themselves were pretty much responsible based on the way that they interacted with one another. I mean, Twitter's character limit didn't help at all by make you know promoting and, and encouraging uh, short snarky rebuttals to whatever it is that someone is saying on Twitter. But uh, in our case, you know, yes, we are hoping to reach out to the disenfranchised and disaffected uh, and offer a better platform uh, from a political standpoint, from a philosophical standpoint, but also from a feature set and user standpoint. It had to
0: happen. Blog chain, that's blog, not blockchain is a decentralised Substack competitor that seeks to combine Web3 infrastructure with the written word. Built using IPFS and NEAR. the system hopes to free writers from the problems that have bedevilled Web2 creator platforms. That's politicisation, unfair algorithms, or simply writing for ad revenue and not your customers. Even getting paid might be easier with crypto wallets. Of course, the debate surrounding digital publishing isn't just technical. It's also political and ideological. Will the blockchain empower free speech? Or will communities find new architecture to moderate themselves? If centralized platforms are a thing of the past, what does the future of publishing look like? Nadeem Kobesi is a former adjunct professor in computer security at NYU Paris. After completing a PhD in cryptography, Kobesi founded Capsule Social to explore what he calls decentralized discourse. Today, we're talking to Nadeem Kobesi uh, of Capsule on something called blockchain. So Nadeem, thanks so much for joining us. Could we start with a little bit about you, a little bit about your work, and a little little bit more about your latest invention?
1: Uh, Thank you very much, John, for this opportunity. So uh, a bit about me, I've been active in the online security and privacy space as well as the freedom of expression space for the past decade or so. And before working on Capsule Social, um, I was a cryptography engineer and also researcher. I finished my PhD in applied cryptography here in Paris in 2018, and I taught at NYU's Paris campus for a couple of years. Uh, Now I'm working on Capsule Social, which is a startup that's creating decentralized discourse platforms on Web3. And we just launched our first platform. It's called Blog Chain. That's Blog Chain and not Blockchain. And it's essentially, um, I don't know how familiar your viewers are with Substack, but if I wanted to summarize it quickly, I would say that it's a, a Substack competitor built on top of decentralized technologies. It's Web3 native, and also it has Twitter style social features. So it's kind of like a mix between Substack and Twitter built on top of Web3 in order to empower writers to uh, get paid for their content and grow a subscriber base without entrusting their entire platform into a singular authority that can then become a single point of failure.
0: Okay, sounds very interesting. And yeah, I think most of the audience will be familiar with with Substack, and we've done a couple of episodes on centralization and walled gardens. So hopefully, you know, listeners have been paying attention, know about the problems you've, you've been trying to solve. So going into a bit of a deep dive on blockchain. So I'm guessing, I mean, are authors tipped in crypto? How does the wallet management work? And how are you, where are you storing the written content? Is it just writing or is it other forms of? Multimedia. Right. So a lot of questions. there. we need to, that, to cut that down. All,
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, that's a lot. Started
1: with me like introducing myself, <laughs> and the company, and the platform. The same question, and now we're dealing yeah. with introducing how the wallet works. Now people log yeah. in sorry and how about they get that. paid. Sharp and, so, what can I say? Yeah. I mean, sure. I'm, I'm happy. So I'm, happy, I'm could, happy. to answer these, though. So let me start. Let me start with the way that people get paid. And so right now we are going to be supporting two. Uh, methods. The first is just by connecting to Stripe and accepting credit card payments, and this is very similar to how um, other, like you know, uh, some of our competitors like Substack accept payments. But also, we will be dealing with a um, uh, crypto payments being accepted as well, and uh, hopefully that will that second thing will. So we we launched regular payments last week, and we're launching crypto payments hopefully next month, and. Uh, Aside from that, we are uh, looking at onboarding users via, yes, the creation of wallets, but also um, the the fact is that we're actually onboarding users via Web2-friendly user flows as well. So a lot of our competitors, such as Mirror, for example, will necessitate that you have MetaMask installed in order to create a wallet so that you can log in. But in our case, uh, you can just create a wallet and log in. Uh, via a custodial system that we've deployed that lets you log in, but just by logging in via your Discord or your Google account, right? And so and that, that makes us a lot more accessible to a larger variety of users. And that definitely speaks to the point of what we're trying to accomplish here, which is just very broad levels of accessibility. And uh, definitely something that we are uh, keeping in mind as we design the entire platform is not just making it a Web3 platform for Web3, you know, fans, but making it more accessible to all sorts of users. So that's a primary priority for us, and uh, yes, something that we're keeping in mind throughout.
0: Yeah, that is interesting. I mean, you mentioned Mirror. Um, and I was going to ask a bit about that later, but I guess behind, you know, your comments, you, you have kind of got these two different pathways emerging. On the one hand, you've got kind of platforms like MBA Topshop when you're, where, where you're merging kind of a, a web 2.0 user interface with elements of, of, of blockchain um, integration. But, you know, the onboarding process, the logging in process, um, a lot of the um, using the interface is is very kind of, web2 centric and it you know uses web2 technology and it's how we're used to using the web in many ways and then you've got some of these emerging platforms like mirror that um often don't always don't always look as good i mean mirror looks okay it looks pretty good but you know logging in you have to use a wallet um often you have to pay for transactions so I mean, you know, one does very much target Web3 and the kind of blockchain native community, and the other seems to be targeted more at the kind of mass audience and onboarding them slowly, moving them into crypto and blockchain and DeFi slowly. Would you say that the latter is is more your kind of strategy on that then, rather than being a purist, kind of, you know, taking the best bits from Web2, and Web3, and merging them together?
1: Right, so we're basically just focusing very hard on not, disenfranchising any particular uh, potentially interested party. So we do Mm -hmm. want people from Web3 jumping on board. We do want writers from Web2 jumping on board. Essentially, what we want is to create a superior platform for writers. That means superior in terms of governance, in terms of resistance to censorship, in terms of resistance to um, uh, unfair content moderation from ourselves, from the company providing the platform we're creating. We're not really creating a, a product. We're creating a platform. We're creating a protocol and we think that essentially what we're going to be producing is this open source um protocol and 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 platform where people can uh just sign up start posting and benefit from uh social features that are not present in some of our competitors um content resilience guarantees that are not present in some of our competitors you know like because we're decentralized that means that it's a community governance process that determines what content stays online and not just like a content moderation office somewhere in San Francisco. Mm, that's interesting. And, um, yeah, that's I mean, really yeah, interesting. That's, that's kind of like the whole point, right? Yeah, and, no, uh, so,
0: so I was going to ask about that. I mean, sorry, you, you. I will ask you about that a bit later, but you were about well, to Well, I
1: just wanted else. to make sure, to, you know, this all sounds very fancy, but I want to point out to your listeners is that we've managed to build all of this in an interface that is just as accessible as uh, any regular web app. So it's not like this fancy, complicated thing, right? It's something that anyone can use today, but yes, please go on.
0: No, that's interesting. So, yeah, I mean, that point, obviously, um, for, for the digital publishing geeks, which is a little bit outside the mainstay of of the UAE tech podcast, but, um, there are definitely some of them. And and in many ways, I'm one of them myself. Um, There is this big debate about, and you've seen that on emerging platforms like Substack and many others. That once they begin to, you know, it it goes back many years actually with Patreon as well, these promises of, you know, free content and having writers on board. And then, you know, that happens, but some of the writers come on, they're not very popular. Some people get very offended. Um, You know, there's lots of articles written about this platform. And so you really get into this question of, you know, is there actually a way, can you be purely free speech? And, and you know, can you always stop deplatforming? Or, or do you find a way to moderate? And it sounds like what you're saying is that, hey, look, it. we've created a kind of, how does it work, a panel of moderators or a group of moder- moderators who are themselves writers, and um, they are responsible, the community itself is responsible for moderating the platform, rather than completely you know untransparent group of moderators somewhere in silicon valley that seems to me like a really logical obvious way of, of of solving some of these problems how did you go about doing that where did the ideas come from are you using DAOs or are you using other kind of infrastructure to do that
1: right so i want to be clear that as you say um we are actually absolutely uh, totally not free speech absolutists Um, We do believe in content moderation, and we have a content moderation policy on our platform on blockchain.app, which you can visit today. And um, however, what differentiates us is the fact that we have content resilience guarantees. So in the event that your uh, content is going to be delisted from our platform, first of all, that can only be done through a call to a smart contract. Uh, making it such that any moderation operation is publicly uh, auditable and verifiable and has a track record as to um, the who's and what's and when and where's and why's that led to it happening.
0: And secondly,
1: because, because the content is being hosted on IPFS... That means that, in fact, even if we remove certain bits of content from our own IPFS nodes, so long as it's on an IPFS node somewhere, it will continue to to exist and be accessible, even via the platform itself, if you know the exact content ID that you want to load. So those are the advantages that I think we're giving to uh, users and readers and writers on the platform. Now, when it comes to governance, uh, I suppose that ultimately we will be working with something that resembles a DAO. Uh, I'm not sure I would call it a DAO because I'm not really 100% sure on the specifics of what it would look like ultimately, but right now, um, we're working with, if you look at the content policy, it goes through that as well. We're, we're looking at multiple generations of content policy. So we're currently at generation one, which does have the smart contract log does have the IPFS decentralization, but the decisions regarding content moderation remain centralized nevertheless. So it's basically us making those decisions. Uh, but. Over time, this will uh, grow into um, a more decentralized governance-based model. And this is where we'll be introducing utility and governance uh, tokens into the uh, ecosystem. And at that point, I think that'll make a lot more sense. But um, we have to move progressively towards that. We can't just start off with that because we need to be able to grow a user base, a content base, something that we're currently very much focused on Uh, We still, you know, we launched less than a week ago, and we're still looking for writers to onboard onto the platform. So, our focus right now is having writers to begin with. And once we're past that point, we can start uh, thinking more carefully. Once we've observed the way that the community is interacting and what kind of content we're dealing with, uh, we can sort of start extrapolating and looking forward um, on how we will balance issues of community governance and how we will extend our content resilience guarantees are and the ways in which our content policy is enforced onto our users uh, while respecting, you know, the transparency and resiliency guarantees that we're trying to give to everyone.
0: Yeah, that's, that's smart. It's an interesting way of approaching it, particularly the kind of, you know, moderations visible on smart contract. I wanted to ask you a, a quick question about IPFS. So you said that, you know, it's published on IPFS. When you publish an article on IPFS, is that just a kind of blockchain, stamp to say that this article was published or does that also include the entire text and the metadata kind of how does that work you know what i mean so uh, a bitcoin presumably a lot of the the critical information for that is stored on a blockchain one of the problems with an article or text is can you actually store you know a full article 750 words to two thousand articles within the metadata of of an ipfs and blockchain stamp How, how does that work
1: um, so IPFS is not a blockchain. IPFS is basically works a lot like BitTorrent. We're using the near blockchain in order to store smaller pieces of information, mainly uh, public key identifiers for usernames and sign up information and profile information and stuff like that. But for IPFS, what we're doing is we're using it for content, long form content, and we expect uh volunteers essentially to host uh, IPFS nodes that enable that content to be synchronized across a wide variety of different actors across the world. And yes, IPFS, uh, specifically OrbitDB, which is the database layer that we're using on top of IPFS is indeed capable of handling all of that.
0: Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Cause um, I mean, I was working with the team once and we were, we were struggling with a, with a bit, a bit of that. So IPFS That means that presumably also editing articles, if you edit an article, does that have, you know, goes through IPFS, goes onto the blockchain, let's say a writer wants to edit it in a week's time. How does that work? Is there a a new uh, block uh, published? Or You know, how does someone edit an article that's already been published through uh, IPFS?
1: Um, Are you asking about the specifics of the protocol? I'm not sure I... Follow. Yeah.
0: So if I if I publish my article and it, you know gets p- published, um, there's a record of it somewhere on the blockchain. And yeah, I'm a writer or maybe I'm a moderator, and I go back in and I edit that article. Is there is there another is there another record published on the blockchain or um,
1: right now right now know, we don't support right now we don't support editing articles. It's pretty much like Twitter. But at some point, we will add okay. that feature. And in that case, there would be a revisioning system that would be a versioning system imposed where uh, you would be able to access all versions of an article. And yes, uh, future revisions would be need to be stored under different IPFS content IDs. And the relevant smart contract entry would need to be updated in order to showcase that. None of that is particularly onerous. It's just um, a feature that we're working on. It is,
0: and I'm sure it's something that that users wouldn't, you know, particularly be, be, be too, too exercised mm-hmm. about, but it's something that, you know, techies techies will think about and, and figure out how to do. And it's also kind of a sign of how, you know, some of the opportunities in this space in the Web3 space generally are very new, but some of the challenges are new too. You know, in Web2, editing an article and republishing it, not so much of a problem. Um Generally, have you found that when you were building blockchain? uh, Did you find that that the way you thought about digital publishing in a way had to shift slightly?
1: Well, when we first started working on blockchain, it was actually meant to be a Twitter sort of replacement. And our shift was actually just us shifting from short form content, which we understood ultimately was not particularly productive to a healthier Internet or a healthier conversation uh, standard. Uh, we shifted towards long-form content. And so that was the shift for us, which is not a particularly incredible shift, but uh, that's, that's what happened uh, in the course of our development. Really, aside from that, I don't think we've stumbled upon some incredible changes in how publishing is thought of. For us, this is just about returning uh, the web to how it was supposed to be working, which is a decentralized, um, you know, consent-based federation of publishing and uh, we're decentralizing things away from a centralized sort of uh, authority that is able to uh, moderate global discourse. You know, basically decide what topics are kosher to discuss all around the world uh, from from an office of, volunt- of basically like you know early engineers in their 20s and in a Facebook office somewhere. I mean, um, that's not what we're going for, and we're tr- we're trying to uh, decentralize it away from that. So, um, for us it, right now, the main issue is getting people to write. So, we launched last week. We're still looking for writers to be able to help us showcase our platform as being superior to uh, Substack. We want to, um, for example, we recently launched our first content initiative uh, as part of our necessary debates initiatives, and it's called um, well, it's, it's, it's supposed to get content on board regarding the debate on nuclear energy. Is nuclear energy safe? Is it unsafe? You know, I personally think nuclear energy is particularly safe. I love nuclear energy. But the point is to showcase the platform as a place where experts can uh, openly discuss topics and disagree with each other and produce thoughtful content. Um, nuclear energy is like a particularly sort of like intellectual topic and somewhat of a spice topic. Uh, So it's more of a testing ground for us right now, and we're trying to get writers to write about that. But in general, we're hoping to expand these content initiatives to bring in writers from all stripes to write and get paid on our platform. And I want to reach out to any writers that are listening to this podcast right now. If you are fed up with uh, centralized systems such as Substack and you want to write on somewhere new, and you have writings that you think... Uh, can be part of a strategy for you to grow a subscriber based on blockchain, Uh, we will make you a cornerstone in our marketing initiatives moving forward as we start promoting our our launch. And so we are looking to work with talented writers uh, joining our platform in order to help them succeed uh, so that our platform succeeds by indeed making them a cornerstone of our entire platform. Um, Whether you want to write about politics, society, uh, economics, crypto, Web3, technology, uh, women's rights, gay rights. It's really uh, all on the table. Uh, all that we're looking for is substantive, um, thoughtful content, and regardless of political viewpoint, so long as it's not you know uh, lacking in civility or, or, or anything like that, uh, we'd be happy to host it and we'd be happy to promote you on our platform. So... Um, that's that's basically what we're here for. We're here for to build to to take advantage of, of Web3, uh, the best features, the best parts of Web3 in order to build a platform that is superior to Substack and to Twitter in terms of its reach, in terms of the way that it presents content, in terms of its feature set, in terms of its decentralization, and just a better product to use overall, thanks to a better user experience and a broader social feature set.
0: Yeah, and you know, this this is. A tech podcast but really as techies one way to also start this discussion is to to not start with the tech but to start in a way as as you've just been saying with with the artist with the writer and say okay what are the problems these guys are facing and one is you know they're not getting paid enough for their content two is a lot of the establishment are deliberately locking them out even when they have legitimate arguments to make so for example you're based in paris and i know the french have a different take on nuclear power um, to many people in, in Germany or parts of the United States. Um, and then, you know, finally, uh, it's not just, you know, getting these, these guys paid and, and creating a situation where people with informed uh, but not always popular opinions can be respectfully heard, um, but then also, you know, creating, creating a movement around that, getting readers around that, um, having writers read. Um, having them debated in, in a civil fashion, having them work alongside other writers that they like none of that is easy. Um, so I think you know that that's probably one of the the final discussions for us today you know you've built this this platform super interesting some some really smart ideas there um, what is going to be the the key you know, where you're going to onboard writers and uh, you mentioned you know nuclear energy so are you going to kind of go in the sub stack direction which really focused on kind of you know disaffected uh, writers and there's obviously a lot of them in the english language um, or are you going to focus on on other things and isn't this something that's happening across web three because you know we have some web three platforms in the nft space and in other spaces that build this great new infrastructure, but it's really for the establishment. So they build a new infrastructure and you get exactly the same kind of writers and artists as you get anywhere else. And shouldn't there really be a discussion in web three as, you know, okay, we're building new infrastructure, we're building these new tools, but we also want a new kind of writing. We want a new kind of artist Um, existing on some of these platforms. How do you feel about that? Um, Do you want a continuation or are you really looking for something new in the kind of writing and and creativity you want to see on, on blockchain?
1: So I think that we created blockchain because we ourselves were disaffected with how social media was being handled and how discourse was being handled online. On one side, it was highly centralized and content moderation was wholly unaccountable and subject to political fads, essentially. And on the other side, on the other hand, um, the users and the people themselves were pretty much responsible based on the way that they interacted with one another. I mean, Twitter's character limit didn't help at all by make you know, promoting and, and encouraging uh, short, snarky rebuttals to whatever it is that someone is saying on Twitter. But uh, in our case, you know, yes, we are hoping to reach out to the disenfranchised and disaffected Uh, and offer a better platform uh, from a political standpoint, from a philosophical standpoint, but also from a feature set and user standpoint. But at the same time, if I'm being perfectly honest, this is also kind of like an experiment. And we're wondering whether we can get people to come on board and make the effort to uh, participate in a platform that is a social platform with Twitter-style news feeds, et cetera, but where the news feed contains a bunch of long-form posts and not um, just a bunch of tweets, right? Which demands more, demands more cognitive sort of involvement, I would say. Um, right now, in terms of onboarding writers, we're still reaching out to writers. Uh, I have to say, things are moving slowly on that front. So we are looking to redouble our efforts and try to reach out to more people. Uh, we have not had a great launch in terms of onboarding writers. And we are still looking at fixing that as we move forward. We've only been uh, online for like, what is it? Four days now. Uh, so yeah, early days, to, right? Uh, but at the same time, I think that um, what's going to work out for us most likely is a situation where people realize that we actually offer guarantees to writers that are not offered anywhere else. And uh, maybe right now this the the current zeitgeist is a bit has pivoted away from that. But at some point, at some point, I think. We're going to be in a situation where uh, some writer is unfairly dismissed or censored from uh, some platform or another. And we're going to be able to make the case that, hey, if you switch over to us, you will have every single feature and monetization opportunity and more than you had on your other platform. And with additional content resilience guarantees that literally no one else has, has even the technology to offer at this point. At least not coupled with the expansive feature set that we are able to offer.
0: Yeah. I, it, you know, it's it's definitely, I guess if you're a writer, it's definitely an interesting one. I think, you know, the only thing that come in on that is is audience size and, and audience reach. But I also wanted to ask two other things before we go today, Nadim. Have you thought about languages? So is there any is there any thinking to move into French or or possibly Arabic? And what about tokenization? I mean, have you spoken to writers about tokenization? Has that been a difficult discussion or complicated?
1: Absolutely on both. Uh, For for tokenization that's coming, it's just a matter of both of these things are a matter of time. Uh, I live in France, and I am originally Lebanese, so translating and offering the service in french and arabic and many other languages is a piece of cake in terms of convincing me regarding its importance it's just a matter of yeah. prioritizing things right now so for example we're currently working on launching our email newsletter feature uh we have a bunch of features down the line being able to accept cryptocurrency payments you know writers being able to accept cryptocurrency payments and uh you know these are all features that we're looking at uh, launching before we pivot into localization or the token things which are uh, extremely important but also you know uh, lie slightly outside the periphery of our core feature set and so once we're done with that we would be more than happy to move into tokenization we already have a design for that we are planning to use a governance token in order to facilitate and so to facilitate decentralized moderation and to encourage Uh, decentralized hosting of the content via the setting up of additional capsule nodes, which are the types of nodes that you need to set up in order to have IPFS um, and OrbitDB running and to be able to facilitate the decentralization of the content. So once we uh, have that all set up, we will start working on these features and we'd be more than happy to um, give our users an update on that once they're ready.
0: Maybe um, economics and not audience is going to be the new metric for writers in Web3. Um, But anyway, Nadine, thanks so much for your time today. I really enjoyed learning about blockchain. And um, yeah, all the best with the continued launch
1: and iteration. Thanks for the opportunity, John. Happy to chat anytime.
0: Sponsor information. The UIE Tech Podcast is distributed by AlbaWeber Business free of charge. To sponsor a single episode or a series of themed episodes, please contact our editorial team or download a sponsorship press pack. Sponsors receive an article on Webber Business, syndication distribution on AlboWeber Syndicate, email direct marketing across the region, and brand inclusion across all podcast marketing design, audio, and video formats. Albuwaba is not a PR company, and we do retain editorial discretion and quality control as an independent publisher. Companies looking to support a dialogue on technological transformation in the UAE are
1: encouraged to contact our team.